Welcome in to Teachers by Day, the podcast by teachers where we talk about life and all of its craziness outside of the classroom, offering our unique perspective. I am your host, Jeff. We appreciate you guys checking us out. This is episode 11, and I am joined, as always, by my fellow bro teacher, Lance. All right, Lance, it has been a couple weeks since we last spoke on pod. Halloween has come and gone. We are now barreling towards Thanksgiving. It's in our sights. How's life been? What's new with you? Life's been good, man. I have no complaints. We are, like you said, 10 days away from Thanksgiving break, which is crazy to me that we're already at this point in the year, but I'm not going to complain about it. Um, I've kind of hit this like a full swing of concerts uh, in my my life outside of the classroom. Um, Jeff knows I'm a big Justin Bieber fan, so I went and saw him in May, which was the last concert I had been to until this last little string. So Last Saturday, I went to a concert. Last Wednesday, I went to a concert. And I am actually going to a concert tonight. So I'm just getting three done in eight days. And then I'm going to hold off, I think, for the rest of the year. Well, I was going to say, this is the good time, like, especially where we live, sort of your last chance to get in, like, outdoor venues before it gets, like, either too cold or they just stop playing them. Yep. So good little string. We Uh, did go to an outdoor venue last Saturday, and it was... We were under the awning, so it was nice, but uh, there was definitely some people out in the rain and the cold. Diehards. Yes, hardcore. <laughs> but, and then, you know, Taylor Swift has announced her tour, so... I just saw that. She's actually playing two shows here that I might have to... That venue is outdoors, right? The Just based on the, the part of the state she's playing in? Yeah, uh, depending on where it is, but this is where we're at. I don't know if you saw who's playing with her. But the no. opening show in Arizona, she's actually playing with Paramore as her opener. Oh, wow. And we might just take a little short flight over to Arizona just so we can go to <laughs> that one instead. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Haley Williams fan. They're, cool. they're touring I mean, again. Sometimes I wonder like how these artists like link up. Like I'm assuming they might have like the same producer or agent or something. But that's like a fever dream I would have where like Paramore and Taylor Swift are playing together. Right. Like that, but it's only that one night, so it's not like you get that in any other city. So, interesting. Worth it. People at home were probably not expecting this much Taylor Swift talk, but you're welcome. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. We can go on our Hugh Jackman segment again <laughs> if you want. <laughs> our weekly Hugh Jackman update. What's he been up to? All right, here on uh, Teachers by Day, we start every podcast off with our lesson plan, which is basically our opening topic that we want to discuss. And today, as you might be able to tell by the title of this episode, Lance and I are once again revisiting our roots as nostalgic kids of the 90s. And we are counting down our top three 90s television shows. And before we even get started, Lance and I, this was a list as we were sort of planning it out through text that was number one difficult to narrow down, but then before I even, I, I won't reveal what Lance's number one is, but it's basically like also kind of my number one, but Lance is probably a bigger fan than I am, so I sort of conceded and said you deserve to have it as your he number did. one. He was, he was very gracious with this deferring it to me, but <laughs> we can have a nice, long, open conversation about that one. Yeah. So yours isn't on my list simply for the fact that I just like share in your joy for it. All right, Lance, what is your number three favorite television show from the 90s or heyday? Okay, so 90s, uh, and I think they've done a, a revamped version of this one, but to be honest, I haven't checked it out. To know I think they've, done, they've done it like several times, like twice yeah. they've tried to bring it back. It's just not going to be the same, is it? But um, I'm a big fan of improvised comedy. Uh, I love it. I think it's amazing when you can come up with stuff so quickly on the spot. Uh, which ties me back to Whose Line Is It Anyway, which is an amazing show from the 90s. Um, If you remember way back in the day, they had a host on it. He was a British guy. I can't remember his name to save my life. Um, But British British Dry versus American Dry is very different. Um, (laughs) He was a little too dry as the host, so he was eventually replaced by Drew Carey, which was just amazing. Um, so we had Ryan Stiles as a mainstay on there along with Colin Mockery. And then they would have revolving other panelists come on like Wayne Brady was a constant there. Um, but some of the show or some of the shows, some of the segments, I remember just laughing hysterically watching this show, um, scenes from a hat when they do the hoedown, when they do the hoedown at the end, 
um, when they pull in people from the audience and stuff, it was just a really well done, amazingly funny show that was just simple in its approach. There wasn't a lot to it. It was, we're going to do stupid games. We're going to award points that don't mean anything. And then we'll sing a song at the end and we'll call it a day. I remember being so blown away, especially by Wayne Brady's ability to just come up with a song that number one rhymes and is hilarious based on the topic, like just literally in the moment. Right. It I mean, was like at least the way they edited. Is, yeah, this person's name is Susan, and she works at a macaroon shop. And he sits there and he's like, "Okay, got I got it." it. <laughs> <laughs> and like the way I don't know if they would give him. I don't think they do give him like a minute or two to think of something. But the way that the show is like edited, at least it's like he just goes and right. spouts it right off, and it's usually pretty good. It's incredibly well done. But and that was. I don't know if he'd done anything before, but that was my first introduction to Wayne Brady. I'd never seen him on anything besides that. Yeah, like, I don't that know if was, he was a stand-up comic or anything. That was my introduction to him basically on everything, or for, for all of them. I never, had, I'd never seen Colin Mockery. I'd never seen Ryan. I know Ryan Stiles was on uh, the Drew Carey show with Drew Carey. But I'm assuming that was through Who's Line, right? Like, I would guess right. that's where they met. I have to assume so. But, yes, it is a top-quality, really funny show. That I like, I said they have revamped, but I haven't even checked it out to see if it's worth anything. I'm sure you re- you remember this, but people at home, if you want to see like one of just the greatest uh, exhibitions of comedian comedian like in their element, uh, uh, how long was he on? But Robin Williams was on the show as like mm-hmm. a guest star for like four or five episodes, and talk about a guy who was just like made for that type of comedy. I mean, yes, it was like Jordan with like the mid '90s Bulls, basically. <laughs> He's just like showing off how good he is at improvisation. Did you see, I, I saw this the other day. Um, so at the beginning of Aladdin, I know we're going a little off topic here, but this ties in with Robin Williams. But there's a, apparently an opening scene in Aladdin where a gift shop owner is just talking nonsensical. And it's <laughs> actually Robin Williams. They put him in like a, a audio booth with just a bunch of <laughs> random props on a table and put a blanket over them and asked him to oh like grab gosh. them and just say what came to his mind immediately. They recorded <laughs> it and they dumped it into the movie. Like to Jeff's point, an absolute comic genius gone way too soon. Yes. But yes, him on that show as well. Top notch. Yeah. Incredible. And for me, at least like kind of my first introduction to improv comedy, like I didn't really know what it was or how it worked until I saw that show. Right. So and- sort of if you try to go to a, like a local level comedy show, don't expect it to be on that level. But right, it's still really. Yeah, good. Be like, whose line is better? They'll be like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like I'm it's like syndicated. Local... <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> it's on Comedy Central. I work down the street at the pawn shop. <clears throat> Whatever. Works. All right, my number three. I don't know if you remember this show. I feel like it's it's sort of more niche than I realized as a kid, but it was actually a live action sitcom with people in costumes sort of based mm-hmm. on like Roseanne or Full House but it was the show Dinosaurs did you ever watch this yes it was it haunts my freaking dreams man <laughs> so Robbie was like the cool like I think he even wears a letterman's jacket in this show um it's basically like a family sitcom but it's set with a family of dinosaurs in like the prehistoric era and I just remember, number one, the baby in the show being incredibly ridiculous and hilarious. Mm-hmm. But number two, and I guess spoilers for the show Dinosaurs, if no one's ever seen it. But do you remember or had you heard how Dinosaurs ends? I have not. So it actually gets like unexpectedly serious. And the family uh, of Dinosaurs prepares for the oncoming ice age and their death and it's like a really emotional episode of them like explaining how much they care about each other and like what family means to them yeah and then it ends with like the snow starts and it's like all right the ice age is beginning they're gonna die my god they just went there didn't they i know i remember as a kid being like whoa but it was just awesome and i remember watching the show i in my head all these shows that i love lasted like 10 seasons when you go back they really lasted like two Mm -hmm. most of them Um, but dinosaurs was like appointment viewing for my brother and I, and just the concept of it is something that probably wouldn't even get picked up now, but in the nineties, we had an appetite for things like that. That's what I was going to say was shows like this only would have made it in the nineties. If they tried to make this now in the 2020s, it would have, people would just be like, what are you even, because when you first started talking about it as, and I remember looking at this and seeing how creepy these little costumes were, but it made me think of, do you remember Gullah Gullah Island? 
Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the same kind of premise is where there's just this normal family, but they have this gigantic yellow frog. Frog that no oh, one bats an eye at. He's just right. like in the house with them. That just makes sense, right? And it just yeah. goes on like adventures with them. Like that's totally normal. But <laughs> um, wow, dinosaurs. Way to be really dark at the end. Yeah, I need to see if it's on. I don't know if it's a Disney show. I feel like it might have been Nickelodeon, but I do kind of want to go back and just rewatch the finale. Right. I'm, I'm gonna, like really shocked. That's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna go. I've never watched. Uh, I can't remember one single episode about it. But let me go back and watch that finale just so I can tear up at these. Yeah, and the only thing I remember about Robbie, like his physical appearance outside of his Letterman jacket, was he was one of those dinosaurs that had like the fin on top of his head, but it also played like he had a mohawk, like he was like the rebel. Oh, I like it. Just, it was just pretty cool how they did that. Someone was in costume designing and was like, "Get this," and someone was just like. <laughs> Brothers. This was me in high school, but dinosaur version. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means, but okay, let's do it. Absolute money is what it means. All right, Lance, your number two has an all-time famous intro song. It I does. Say. And this one kind of ties in with what you were just talking about, where you think it lasted ten seasons, but this show only lasted three, and season one was a total wow. of like six episodes. So it's not like you have a lot of episodes to view on this one, but... Uh, the 90s classic Smart Guy, which is just an incredible show, uh, features a 10-year-old kid that is so intelligent that he gets moved up into high school. I mean, classic um, sitcom plot. Right? right, exactly. Where his older brother and older sister are both in high school and then have to deal with his antics of him being in high school, which leads to, of course, conflict and storylines. And uh, But it's just, you want to talk about a quotable show. That I haven't seen that yeah. I can go years at a time without seeing an episode of it. But you put an episode on and I can tell you everything that's about <laughs> to happen. I can quote it. And yeah, to Jeff's point, the opening theme song. He's amazing. a smart guy. Yeah. Mo Tibbs. Marcus, his brother's best friend, Mo, is one of my favorite characters of the 90s. He has to be. He was some, hilarious. Some of his lines are, I don't even know how they could film them. And everyone, like, keep their face, like, straight face in it. Yeah. Uh, which is weird. He, he's also in Baby Boy, um, if you remember that movie, with Tyrese. Vaguely. But it's, but it's, like, a very serious movie. And I'm like, nah, bro, you're Mo. <laughs> right. Like, well, he was then on, uh, ESPN did like this really serious look at like the dark side of professional football called Game Changers. It dealt with like steroids, drug use, domestic violence. And he was like the running back on the team in it, like another very serious role a few years later. Like, no, you're still Mo Tibbs, dude. Yeah. No matter what you do, you'll always be Mo. Also, so Taj Mori plays the smart guy. I can't remember. Is his name TJ in the show? Yeah, TJ Henderson. Um, and his... Older sisters, twin sisters, Tia and Tamara Mori were like famous Disney Channel stars too. Mm -hmm. But not one of them doesn't play his sister in the show, right? But they do guest star. Right. One, I think they guest star in season one. Uh, there's an episode where they're the new kids in high school, and Marcus, the older brother, realizes that he likes one of them because she's kind of sporty like he is. But yeah. then he realizes there's another sister, and she's kind of the more intelligent one. So classic sitcom plot line, rather than just saying, oh, I actually like her more, he decides to turn himself into a twin where he has a he has a twin <laughs> oh brother named Marquise. And Marquise <laughs> is a sophisticated world traveler. He's ridiculous. So he goes, of course, back and forth between dating both of them as himself and his alter ego. Just of course. Well, there's no other option. I mean, that's what you have to do. And if you remember, Destiny's Child was on season three. Before they got really, really, really big, like I'm all talking, three of them. No, this is even go back. It's when there was four of them. So whoa, it was Beyonce. It was Kelly. It was uh, I don't remember the other two because they haven't been in the band in a long time. But I think they were 16 at the time of them filming that episode. Oh, my gosh. Worth watching again. That's wild. And that is on Disney Plus. I believe it is on Disney Plus. Highly recommend it. Uh, Floyd Henderson. Number two on my list of TV dads from the 90s, for yeah. sure. And we'll get into this with your number one. But Smart Guy, I remember, too, they, if they had to deliver, like, a serious message, they were pretty good at it. Like, there was an episode, because this is, like, early stages of the internet. 
I know you remember this, where it talked yep. about like the dangers of potentially meeting strangers online, because this was just like a whole, like the Wild West. We didn't even know what that was. Like, why would you lie and pretend mm -hmm. to be someone else on the internet? What? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, there's but this show was like one of the first introductions to it that I had. It was very predatory. Well, uh, that is it for my number two. Your number two is another actual favorite of mine. But yeah, I, so I this one is a little bit cheating because this show started in 1998, so it wasn't like as prevalent in the 90s, but it is the sitcom classic, That 70s Show, which uh, is actually getting a new season mm -hmm. with all of the cast, of course, except Danny Masterson because of all the him. Yeah. Uh, everyone coming back, which is kind of crazy when you think about like this was one of those shows where like actors on the series specifically Topher Grace uh thought that their star was like way bigger than it was at the time and mm -hmm. like left the show while it was still a really popular hit and then their careers didn't materialize or his career didn't materialize the way he wanted and now for them to come back it's great like to see them sort of have reverence for the thing that made them famous yeah didn't uh, they like he went to Africa or something on the show wasn't that what his write-off was yeah, it was like he went to do like Teach for America there. And they brought and they, in, was was it Riley or something like that? What was the guy's yeah, name they brought in? So the, it was, it's Seth Meyers' brother, which sounds like a made up thing. <laughs> like uh, Seth Meyers' brother, I think his name's Josh Meyers, and he does look a lot like Seth Meyers. He was on like Mad TV for a little bit. And he basically just plays like someone who ends up courting Donna. And I think the fan response was like, get this guy out of that 70s show mm. because he doesn't end up like finishing the series with them but he did he did provide like some funny storylines for them and then ashton kutcher who actually ended up having a obviously a, a solid hollywood career he left i think was it the season after toe for grace but he like would recur mm. he would like, reappear randomly on the show he would do like a two episodes guest spot his uh, shtick was that he like joined the police academy right Yes, yeah, and it was in, like, a different city from uh, Kenosha. But he actually did a really funny... He was married to Demi Moore at the time, um, and he, there was a bit where Bruce Willis guest-starred on an episode who, of course, is Demi Moore's ex-husband, and them acting together, sort of, like, making meta jokes about <laughs> the fact that, like, <laughs> we've been married to the same woman in real life. It was kind of a funny dynamic, and I just thought, cool, that, like, Bruce Willis would be willing to do something like that, because... <laughs> Sometimes you don't think that based on his persona. Yeah. I, uh, Red Foreman is up there for me for TV oh. dads, too. He's so hilariously stubborn and just an all-around asshole that it's amazing. Because he has a soft spot underneath there. He just has Absolutely. that stern appearance. And then, oh, what's the mom's name? Kitty Foreman, yeah. Kitty, that's right. She's incredible, too. Like, just a great TV mom. I think the thing I loved about this show was it deals with the timeless trope of, like, teenagers uh are always going to rebel against authority and there's just so much humor in that but also the show really is like a great coming of age series mm -hmm. as well and ends i mean the coolest idea how yeah, can that say, 70s it is the show, coolest show go ahead but i love well, it I was gonna, it ends new year's eve 1980 like literally the last second of the show is them counting down the last seconds of the 70s very well done yeah which i thought that was cool so i'm really excited i don't know or if you if you have any idea, do you know if the new series is set like in the 80s or is it like the 90s now and they're like adults? I thought it was called That 90s Show. Oh, really? Maybe it is. Okay, I, that's awesome. Hold on. Let me the power of Google, my friend. And but I'm pretty sure it's the 90s. Tie in. They actually did a spinoff called That 80s Show, which was like a cousin of Eric Foreman's, but I don't even think it lasted its initial season. Yeah, it's uh, so it's That 90s Show. We have the entire cast recurring. Doesn't have Topher Grace on here. Maybe he's not. I'm pretty sure he's in it. Google that too. So it has great podcasting when I can. Laura Prepon, the the one that plays Donna, of course Mila Kunis, uh, Wilmer Valderrama. There's no Ashton Kutcher. They, he is in it as well. Topher, I just run, Googled, is Topher Grace in that 90s show? And he has a quote about saying filming it was, quote, like Christmas. Good. Quote. Now let's I just real quick Google Ashton Kutcher. And I forgot this until I looked at it again, but I forgot how 
recurring Tommy Chong was on that and how yeah. much his character added to the the stoner vibe. Yes. The amazing stoner vibe of the show. There's a great episode where they go to Canada, I think to buy beer or something, and they're trying they're getting like interrogated by Mounties, and the one Mountie goes, What are you doing in Canada, sir? And he goes, What are you doing in Canada, sir? <laughs> it's like, put the ball in your court. Didn't expect that, did you? All right, that 70s show. Great uh, laugh out loud series. And then just it's kind of a cool idea doing like a period piece show. One of my all-time favorites. Very well done. All right, Lance, the Coupe de Gras. What's your number one? All right, this is the creme de la creme, so uh, we can hop on the soapbox together. But number one is Boy Meets World, which is the greatest sitcom and will never be outdone by any other sitcom. And you can just stop it there anyone that tries to even touch this show because you're not going to get to it you're not going to amass the mountain that is boy meets world and jeff and i actually talked about this a couple probably a couple weeks ago but just watching because i grew up watching this show of course i watched it when i was you know 9 10 11 12 those formative years and then i believe i watched it again when i was in college and then i've recently started watching it again as an adult and just how much of your perspective of the show changes depending on where you are at in your life, whether you are yeah. <clears throat> identifying yourself with a Corey or a Sean or where I am now, where I'm identifying myself with an Alan Matthews, who is the greatest TV dad ever and will probably never be touched on that either. Um, but this show does such a good job of balancing the comedy with the serious topics that need to be discussed, especially for young adults. Um, that I just don't think that it can be matched in any way. And Jeff, I know you're watching it again all the way through right now with your wife. Where are you guys at right now? We are just about to end season five. Like, I think we're on episode 20 of season five. And it does it last seven seasons? It does. So seven seasons long. <clears throat> yep. But it's it's just the the maturation of the show. Because if, if you remember the first season, it was things like, there's a water gun fight or, you know, it's, I want to get my baseball card signed. It was like those kid type themes. Yeah. And then as you get older, it progresses through, it talks about drinking as a young adult. Then it talks about, you know, of course, relationships are intertwined the whole time. Then there's marriage, there's death. They talk about all these topics, but they do so in a way where there's always a comedic break in it. So even when it gets really, really heavy, there's going to be something to help break it up and make it, make you laugh a moment later. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't know of another show and maybe I'm missing it that like follows a group of students through their coming of age and like the the phases of their life uh, the way Boy Meets World does. Because even and I could be totally wrong. I know um, Saved by the Bell had like the college years, but Saved by the Bell was never really interested in touching on like any of the serious things that kids have to deal with as they grow up, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Like Boy Meets World was one of the rare things that you said was actually willing to be silly, but then also tackle the serious topics. And to your point about Alan Matthews, I think one of the most realistic TV dads, because if you think about like an Al Bundy or even like a, like Tim Allen from Home Improvement, like I personally did, don't know or didn't see dads that like acted that way. Alan Matthews is like, if he makes a mistake, he admits it. He's not like over the top crazy or like, mm -hmm. you know, boisterous. He just feels like a real dad that we grew up with either ours or like our friends dads yeah and i started i watched them yesterday because jeff got me back on it again with him talking about it i wanted to start watching it again i watched like four episodes yesterday i, I know i cried it, twice man <laughs> it's it's hard not to it was it got me it gets you in the feels but like there was literally the second time i cried in one of the episodes i cried and before the the tear could even make its way out of my eyelid I was laughing because they literally went into with a comedic moment right after that. And I was just like, yeah. God, this is so well done. Did you go back to the beginning or did you have like a few episodes that were your favorites that you wanted to check out again? So if you remember, I told you there's one particular episode in season seven that will auto, it's going to pull tears out of you. Yeah. I wanted to go watch that one again to see if it still holds true. It did. See, this is a fun rewatch for us because I, re I distinctly remember the characters and like little bits and pieces of it, but 
I've forgotten most of the storyline. So in a lot of ways, it's almost like seeing it for the first time. Because I'll text you randomly like, dude, I totally forgot this happened in the show. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's pretty great. Wait till this happens. Yep. It just keeps getting better. And it's actually, I owe a lot of my life to Boy Meets World. Not to go out too much of a soapbox here, but um, when my wife and I first met each other, we hated each other. Uh, we, we did not like each other. We thought we had nothing in common. Uh, we were two opposites that just did not vibe with each other at all. Um, and upon further investigation, we realized that we were both huge fans of Boy Meets World. Um, and that was actually how we spent several like weeks or months when we were first kind of starting to get to know each other. We would watch Boy Meets World and we would just talk. That's awesome. And that's just kind of what brought us together because we knew we had the commonality of the show and then we would just talk about topics that were related to the show or not related. And here we are 12 years later. Well, once you hear so that the other person likes Boy Meets World, you're like, well, at least I know you have taste now. Right. Like we can work. You didn't. <laughs> we can build it up. You didn't say friends. So we're automatically or in a better like spot. Or or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot what this was the part that we totally destroyed friends on this show. <laughs> We still haven't had those people come for us. I'm sorry, guys. Blimey, it's rolled over Friends, too. There's people that have finally come back to listening to the podcast after we crapped on Friends. And like, and you'd go, go back after it again? Could we, talk, could we talk about 90s television shows without throwing one punch at Friends, though? Right. We had Just to. to make sure that I wasn't missing any obvious ones before we did this show, I googled uh, like best 90s TV shows. And, of course, Friends is like the main one that pops up. Yeah, it came up on mine, too, when I did the same search. And, of course, I was like, ugh. Yeah, it's my same reaction with a scoff. Yeah, Boy Meets World, again, I, I said off the top, I left it off my list just because uh, Lance knows the show more in and out than I do. But it is would probably also be my number one, especially going through a rewatch. It just not only is it does it hold up, but, like, I think it's gotten, like you said, gotten better as my perspective viewing it has changed, like as going from kid to adult. It really does. And then when you, I tell you one day, if you are lucky enough to be in the boat where you have a child too, and you watch it again and you put yourself in the shoes of an Alan Matthews, you're going to cry during season one, two, I mean, all the way through. Yeah. It's be game over for you emotionally. <clears throat> well, and you, and this is a separate show, of course, so we're not going to lump them together, but like you have watched Girl Meets World, right? And does it connect with you at all on that level? Or was it just kind of fun to see those characters again? But obviously can't quite live up to the original girl meets world feeds on the nostalgia which i'm okay with because that was the reason that i watched it in the first place it doesn't yeah. really it adds a modern twist on some of the storylines from boy meets world you know because obviously um some of the stuff that exists now was not in existence 20 years ago um so they do a good job of covering those topics uh but since it's done on I think this was on the Disney Channel as opposed to ABC, like Boy Meets World was. They yeah. can't go as far into some of those like more mature topics that need to be discussed. Um, um, I think I've asked you this. Is there any character from Boy Meets World that you wanted to show up in Girl Meets World that did not? Or do we do we all do we at least get like a pop from most of them? You get to see. Really, uh, everyone except for Rachel is in it. In some okay. capacity. Um, yeah, and her, I mean, she was like a, because she, she's not even in the show yet for us, and we're almost done with season five. Yeah. So she was like, obviously a main character, but only for like two seasons or like a season and a half. Season six, episode one is when she makes her appearance for you. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, but no, she's not in the show, but everyone else is, and God, it's refreshing to see them again and have those little connections again. Well, I don't know if I told you too. Like the, it's called Boy Meets Pod. I think the podcast that Ryder Strong, Wolf Friedel, and Danielle Fischel do. Mm -hmm. But I've started to listen to that. But I need to catch up because they do an episode by episode breakdown. And I think the episode they're currently on is like in season six. So I'm trying to get caught up with my rewatch to where I can time that with. Yeah. Their talk. I I listened to the first. Um episode of the podcast i've fallen off i don't listen to enough podcasts honestly in my daily life but it's i thought it was i thought it was funny because Ryder strong was actually talking about like he never watched the episodes yeah which did he was it like one of those things like he just doesn't like to watch himself on tv or was he like i lived it i don't need to 
I think it was he didn't want to see himself. And to piggyback off, I guess him and Will Friedle are were actually like best friends in real life. So if you watch the show knowing that, they limited the number of scenes that they did together because they would always make each other laugh and they could not be in the same <laughs> scene together. That's pretty funny. Yeah, even like the season I'm in now, Sean is living with Eric and it's really just like Sean and Jack together mm-hmm. on screen. Yep, they had to limit it as much as they could because they said it was just chaos trying to get them to do anything seriously. But Eric is such a scene stealer in that show. Like that's why they yeah. yeah. That's what they have to have a separate story for just about him on every episode because it's he does <laughs> He could have his own show, really. Like he can just um, do his own thing. When you see him in Girl Meets World when you get there, strap in emotionally. Oh, God. God, it's no, it's so good. I'm excited. Now, also, I love Will, and we've kind of sidetracked here, but this is our life, so that's what we want to talk about. I are. love Will Friedel, too, because he's the main voice in the animated series Batman Begins, if you ever watched that. Yep. So he's he did Bat- ter- Batman Begins. He also was the guy in Kim Possible, too, right? Oh, that's right. And, and he's and I'm not just saying this, he's a really good voice actor. He really is. He has very good you can I don't know, it's hard to I feel like just listening to someone's voice, one, to know that it's distinctly them, which you know mm-hmm. that it is with him, but two, the amount of inflection and stuff that he can put into his voice. Yeah. And not to keep spinning this even further before we go on to your number one. But we will do a separate pod about this one. But he was also in the Disney Channel original movie my date with the president's daughter that's right it is the daughter katie holmes or am i getting her confused with a different movie it's not katie holmes i'm trying to think of who she was if she did anything outside of just disney channel stuff but that is that's a really really good disney channel original movie too that and i remember the original song with that movie my date date with the president's President's daughter daughter. (laughs) my date with her yeah so good Golly, why does this stuff stick in my head? It's like seared into my brain. Right. You tried to ask me something about algebra or calculus that I did, and I couldn't even tell you why there's Fs in that stuff anymore. But (laughs) my brain factored in long ago, like, no, that we don't need that. What we need is the lyrics to My Date with the President's Daughter's theme song. Right. I need you to remember distinctly what outfit they were wearing and (laughs) how Will Friedle's 90s hair part looked the entire uh, movie. Yeah, him and Ryder Strong were definitely rocking that like mid part. Ryder Strong like made that look cool. I never had the hair for it. I mean, obviously no, not he, now, the, but even then, a few people did. The flow he had was something something special. It, it rivaled JTT, but we'll move on because oh, yeah. I think we just went on a hour long <laughs> tangent about women. Yeah, next, next episode: '90s boy hairstyles. Uh, all right, my number one. Talk about banger theme songs and intros um, is X-Men the animated series which again was a show as a kid that I was like oh this had like 100 episodes no it lasted three seasons (laughs) Um, but I think because I'd seen every episode like literally five or six times it stuck out to me and this show was holds such a special place in my heart for two reasons number one I was a huge comic book fan growing up. I would say I am now, but I just like don't I don't buy the new issues and like don't read them. But I still have my old collection. And I probably had more X-Men comics than anything else. And this was, to my knowledge, the first like animated show that was like based directly on the stories I was reading in the comic books. So it was like seeing them come to life on screen was pretty crazy. And the other thing is if you know the history of the X-Men. It's actually a really important, like it, it has a very important message based on basically like the civil rights movement and acceptance and people who are born differently than us and like how a lot of times they're shunned in society or, or seen as like pariahs. Um, and as a kid, you don't even realize that you're like getting that message through the X-Men. Like you're just like, oh, it's pretty cool. Wolverine has like claws that come out of his hands, but. People are scared of him because of that, and and he's, like, not allowed to be a member of society. When, as you get older, you're like, that could be an allegory for, like, maybe race or, like, gender, things like that. And as a kid, I didn't realize that I was learning these, like, messages of, like, acceptance because they were wrapped in this really cool package of, like, the X-Men fighting Magneto. So I just thought it was an important show that we didn't realize was as important at the time. 
Yeah, and the the 90s animated series, I mean, because I could have easily added like a TMNT or the Batman Begins series, but I agree that the X-Men series stands out distinctly, not only because of the theme song, but because, to your point, you got to see comic book characters, but you got to see them in their true, like, Yes. comic book attire and stuff too I, you know wolverine in the signature yellow and blue um gambit I'm with the long trench coat um storm looking like just an absolute beast of an icon rogue like we've never seen her in the movies right, right. Where she has like the like ex suit like the hair is too two-toned because anna paquin love her and her portrayal of rogue but it's like very different from the one we get in the comics in the show yeah um, so who's your favorite? I mean, I got to plug it now. Who is your favorite of the X-Men? I, I think it's you who's not a fan of this guy. Maybe it's someone else I was talking about. I'm a big Gambit guy. Bro, I was going to, Gambit's my favorite. Oh, really? Okay. I yes. just love how number one, the cards exploding is really cool, but he also had that awesome, like, staff. Bow staff. Yeah. Yes. Anyone that can control kinetic energy and uses that to throw playing cards at people. It's just sick. You win. And yes, the I'm, Cajun accent I always thought was cool. I was a big Gambit guy, and I was a big Beast guy. Oh, Beast is awesome. Anyone that's like a scientific nerd, that's why I lean towards Donatello, too, from the Turtles, where anyone that has like the, they can go both ways really violent, and they also have the intelligence. And Beast, they do so much cool stuff with him, because he ends up like being a senator who fights for like mutant rights, which like as a kid, I didn't like really understand what that was, but I knew it was cool. Mm-hmm. I always felt the worst for Cyclops. Like, imagine if you take those glasses off, like you could just accidentally kill everyone in the room <laughs> with your eyeballs. That would suck. What a horrible, horrible thing to be, cards to be dealt, right? Also, like Jean Grey, his, the girl he was like in love with, like, I mean, who, of course Wolverine's like the bad boy. She's interested in him. He's like, dude, can you just like let me have my girlfriend? <laughs> right. I will literally take these shades off around you, Logan. Yeah. Back off. <laughs> So this is speaking of Disney Plus and like reboots. They I don't know if you heard this. They're rebooting this show, like not rebooting it, but continuing it. Okay. With a new season, and it's called X Men '97, and it comes out next year. Like, are we gonna have like the same style animation and everything tied to it? Dude, I think so. From what I've seen, and surprisingly, most of the voice cast is alive and coming back. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. So that rewatch is on deck after Boy Meets World. Right. Did that just get me a little geeky it did because and you again, know they're gonna bring back the theme song but somehow try to do it even harder i just i don't need the uptake and all this computer man animation stuff i'm the 90s retro like where the animation's a little chunky mm-hmm. i like that same i yeah like I, it's way better disney pixar is great but like nothing for me will ever be like 2d animated movies right when we grew up the best. Just, yeah. Well, you just and like you said, geek it has a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact release date, but it's like a full new season order. So is that why they not to spoil anything, but is that why they like lean towards it with Miss Marvel? Is that why I they definitely did? think so? Okay. Yeah. And that, that little like, guitar riff of the theme song, if that didn't get the hairs on your neck raising up, like you don't have a pulse. You're like, I know where that's from. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Modern kids are like, I don't get it. What's it? Like, oh, son. Papa Squat, let me explain to you. What's that electric guitar riff? Is that a Van Halen? No. Mm-mm. Ah, at least they would know Van Halen. That's it gives me some hope. Right. All right, those are Lance and mine's top three television shows of the 90s. So that is our lesson plan topic. We always close out with our exit ticket, just as we do in our actual classrooms. This is the last part of our show, basically something Lance and I found from on the internet this past week. That we want to share. It's either an internet deep dive, sometimes like a Reddit or BuzzFeed article that we found, or even like a TikTok, something we watched. Lance, I will let you go first. A question that I think a lot of people have on their minds. What is your exit ticket? Okay, so have you seen what's been going on with Twitter, Jeff? I have. It is a mess. Okay, so if you're unfamiliar, I'm going to give you just the, the Spark Notes version here. A certain South African billionaire... Uh, purchased Twitter not too long ago. Um, I'm not a big tweeter. Are you a Twitter guy? Because I'm not a Twitter guy. So I used to use it to get like movie and sports news. Like I created like lists 
let like I add people to that I want to follow. Mm-hmm. But every time I get on it for like more than five minutes, my brain starts to hurt. Like the political discourse both ways on there is just awful. Yeah, that's kind of it. It's kind of turned into kind of the bitch fest of social medias. I feel like where it's exactly. if you want to go dumpster diving, like get on Twitter. But anyway, um, long story short, um, since the company was purchased by this this certain person, Musk, um, this last week apparently they laid off about fifty percent of their employees. And rather than doing this in a diplomatic way of actually like calling them in and letting them know, they basically sent out an email one day at like sometime like one or two in the morning or something like that and said, hey, there's going to be changes made around the company. Be sure to check your email tomorrow to learn if you're still employed, yes or no. And then they followed up with an email either if you received an email to your Twitter um, business email it said that you were still employed in your business and your opportunity would continue going forward. If you received it to your personal email, then you were released and you would be given like a 60 day or 90 day severance. And that was it. You were cut loose. So to my point, one, I have an issue with 50% of the staff being laid off. I get that there's big businesses and they have to make decisions and things like that. But if you're going to lay people off, do so in a diplomatic way. Don't just cut them loose like don't treat them like a number on a spray like they're disposable like these are people with real lives and families and like needs and stuff like that and you just said you sent them an email to let them know that they were no longer employed and two i have a particular issue with someone that has so much money that they could reasonably cure world hunger but they choose to buy a social media company anyway like There's something about that to me that just hits me in a different emotion. Um, but yeah, this Twitter stuff is just a a hot mess. I can't believe that you, one, lay off half the company, but two, don't even have the stones to actually, like, I don't know, call them in and let them know, hey, you're going to be released. Yeah, your life's about to change. Right. I mean, it was several hundred read- people, but even still. Yeah. Two things about this that I've read this past week, and I'm trying to like, it's just hurts my head and my heart to read this stuff. So I try to like avoid it, but it's un, it's unavoidable to some degree. Uh, I've read that Twitter since the takeover could be a myriad of factors, of course, but it's losing about $4 million a day. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously to someone like Elon Musk, that's essentially chump change, but for the valuation of a company and its long-term success, that's definitely not good. And then the other thing was today I actually read a a couple different articles that said a lot of the people who have been laid off specifically in like coding and development have now been asked if they would be interested in returning to Twitter as their services are needed again, to which a lot of them are saying, uh, if you want me back, it's I'm now a consultant, a third party consultant, and it'll be five times my normal Mm -hmm. salary with my hourly rate. Good for them. It's good to hear like fight fire with fire. Absolutely. I saw that there was some of the particular ones that were cut loose was like there was a, a business and ethics team or something like that. And they don't need cut them. That, they cut that entire department. Like, <laughs> why would we need that? It's a good optic. <laughs> like things like that. Um, but yeah, I just he he rubs me the wrong way. He really does. The, the people that have him up on this pedestal, I, I truly don't understand it. It's it's an odd uh, thing. The way that these people glorify him, I just don't, I don't get it either. Like, what, how is it benefiting you at all to? No. no. You can be okay with someone because they have a large income and you can be like, I want to, I want something similar to that. But if you want something similar to that, do so to, for the betterment of society, maybe not just to stroke your own ego. But yeah. I mean, he could buy a planet and probably has. Right. That's why we're going to Mars, right? Yeah, if he's going, I think I might just wait for the next flight. Right. Why fix the planet that we're on when we could just move to one that's not habitable for us anyway? Oh, genius. Logic. All right. But that's it for mine, Jeff. uh, I I scanned my eyes over yours before we got on pod, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah, so mine is dealing with Airbnb, and I guess VRBO also. Is VRBO or Verbo? It's Verbo. Okay, Verbo. which are essentially like most people are familiar with them, I'm sure. But uh, it's it's sort of been like an exploding space like the last half decade 
that really disrupted the hospitality industry, wherein people that had part-time properties would basically use Verbo and Airbnb as a tool or a platform to connect them with uh, people like visiting for the weekend who would need short-term rentals. And um, it was great because if you had like larger parties, if it was like like bachelor, bachelorette parties, or even if you're like want to just go with like couple friends or something like that, it's kind of cool to stay in like a place together versus like getting separate hotel rooms. And for a long time, this was great. I mean, like the uh, variety of places you could stay at was really cool. Um, hosts were very hospitable. They were getting extra income, so they were happy. And then as a, as a tenant, again, it's kind of cool to get an experience in a city, like sometimes in a location that's better than hotels. Like sometimes you're like in the thick of it in the place you're, you're staying at. But recently, Lance, this is kind of similar to the issue we've talked about last week with Ticketmaster. Airbnb has seen a huge plummet in uh, revenue and business, and a large part of it is because they just cannot get this situation figured out with the type of fees they are charging people. And this is, I think, primarily done through the people who own the rental properties. So the BuzzFeed article I found is was called 17 Airbnb and Verbo hosts that prove you should get a hotel. Um, and a couple examples of the mistakes these people make. So the first one on this list is basically a screenshot of someone like who has booked a, a reservation or is about to book a reservation. And it says the fee for each night is $262, which totals $525. And then there's $421 in host fees. And then on top of that, $260 in cleaning fees and then $116 service fee. So for two nights, instead of paying the 262 per night, which is basically a hotel equivalent, this person would end up paying at $1,200. Yeah. I, I loved looking over this. Uh, like number two on the list was the person tried to use used t-shirts oh, as pillowcases and there was stains so on them. Like, what are you doing? That's the stuff that you know you would never see at a hotel. So it's like, why would I right. even risk it? What about your personal stay? Have you have you guys used Airbnb before? And what has been your experience with it if you have? We have. And we actually really liked it. Like the few times we did it, we went to Austin with some of our couple's friends. And we found like a really cool house where like, you know, you get to hang out together most of the time and then go to your separate rooms. And we were right near everything we wanted to walk to. But the cleaning fees, like you're you're essentially paying them to hire maids. But then also a lot of times they will give you specific cleaning chores. Right. Which doesn't really seem to jive very well. Like if I'm paying you to have the house cleaned, why then am I also cleaning the house? So we haven't booked one in a while. And I don't know if we will again, because similar to Ticketmaster, like there's just no price transparency. Like the per night rate that you see is usually end up tr ends up tripled by the time you go to the checkout, uh, which just doesn't it's not very uh, not very palatable for me as a prospective renter. Have you guys uh, ever used them? Oh my God. Yes. Um, and I've had, I've had kind of a mixed bag of experiences. I've probably stayed at 10 or so Airbnbs mm -hmm. over the, the course. Um, one experience when we were in London, we stayed in an Airbnb. Um, and it's not really the person's fault. It's just my fault for not knowing, but still it's kind of an inconvenience, but, um, I get really warm when I sleep and I was trying to turn the AC on and I could not get the AC system to work at all so i had to contact the the owner so i contacted him and he was like yeah i don't have an ac unit and i was like well what is this thing that's mounted to the wall and he was like oh it's a floor heater for the bathroom and i was like what see if i would have had a if we would have just stayed in a hotel it would have been fine but yeah of course i'm here so no and similar to yours we went to uh several years ago i went with a group of guys we went on a bachelor party to austin and we stayed down there for I think three or four nights, really cool Airbnb, really funky, like had a backyard, nice bonfire area, really cool stay, way better than a hotel would have been. Um, we turn around, we leave, we come home the next or after the trip's over. I get home, I realize that I had left like three pairs of jeans at the Airbnb, okay. which I don't know about you, but only have like five. That's pairs my of jeans. jeans. Like man, that's you know, that's it. Like that's. that's that's all I have. So, right. Um, so I contacted the the host and I was like, "Hey, so I left some stuff there. Is there a way that you guys can like send it back to me?" And they were like, 
So we own the property, but we don't actually live in the area. So we would have to have the cleaner do that. And because we're having to have someone else do that, it's going to cost a little extra. And I was like, like how much? They charged me a hundred dollars to ship to jeans. To send me jeans back. Is this just like a made-up fee to ask the person to get the jeans? Well, for they you? were they were like, yeah. So we'll we'll see how much it is to ship stuff like back to where you live, and then we will pay the uh, the cleaner an appropriate cost since they have to drive it over there. So they charged me hundred dollars. What do you mean drive it over there? Like. <laughs> Is there not a post office in your town? I like I appreciate the gesture, but like a hundred bucks. Yeah. So oh that God. was that one kind of rubbed me the uh, the wrong way. But I'm in I'm in the same boat as you are now, where it's probably just going to be hotels from this point on. At least with that, you stay at a three star, four star hotel. You know what you're getting. Right. There's no surprises that come with that. That's the biggest thing. And the last thing I'll say is, speaking of surprises, and there I actually watched a movie about this, uh, which is just shows you where we're at as a society. But the last thing on this list is someone who found a hidden camera in their Airbnb disguised as a clock set up by the host. So <laughs> just another thing you got to think about in this day and age, like check the shower heads, check every, I mean, again, not that that's impossible to happen at a hotel, but the, I mean, it's a person you're staying at that you have no idea who they are essentially. And they right. own the property. So you don't know what you're getting yourself into. So you're saying there's there's a ratio of that being a higher percentage at an Airbnb than at a Marriott. Yeah, I would crunch the numbers and say that is a def, definitive chance that <laughs> not zero percent at the Marriott, but it's much lower. Gotta love it. Oh, yeah. Airbnb, you've sufficiently rubbed us the wrong way, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'd like all these things like the market might correct itself. Maybe they'll figure out how to bring people back, but I, I don't there's probably just as good a chance of them being stubborn and being like, nah, we're good. We'll just keep it the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's a broken system. All right, Lance, before we let the people go for episode 11, any closing thoughts for our listeners out there? Um, if you have teacher friends, we are at the, we're at the goal line here. For 10 days until break, give them a pat on the back, buy them a cookie, give them a coffee, something like that. Um, for the fans out there, we're not going to spoil anything, but Jeff and I do have something extra special coming up for a future episode so stay with us because there's going to be one in the future that you guys are really going to want to hear yeah if this were like the marvel cinematic universe this would be the tease of like a character showing up but they're not like really in the movie we just like reference them maybe mm-hmm. this is our avengers endgame <laughs> exactly we're it's ending, bigger than endgame i think we're going phase three right here conclusion it's gonna be lovely great reference but all right for lance i am jeff we are the teachers by day you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, and amazon music if you want to send us a question anything to talk about on the show or just your overall thoughts we'd appreciate it you can email us teachers by day at outlook.com uh and sort of like lance tease with our upcoming uh super fun exciting episode we might have some social media on the horizon that might be part of that i'm not sure we just got to figure out how to do it but Right now, Teachers Bite at Outlook Day at Outlook is the best place to find us. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the classroom.